Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Krista McDonough here for Jimmy Fowler. Yes, she's in the house. She's in the house. Listen, Jimmy's getting nervous that she's going to replace him. And all y'all, you know, I know y'all want, want Krista on, but... Uh, He's got to quit going places. Yeah, maybe maybe stop traveling so much. He's in England right now or something, Leeds or something. I don't know. I don't know where he's at. He's doing something over there. He sent me some pictures, though. He had to quarantine. It was like a whole thing. That's a bummer. Yeah. Hey, it's it's the holidays. It is. Yeah, here. Eggnog. Cheers. We're having Cheers eggnog. Cheers to you. Ooh, it's pretty good. Okay, so... Um, the simultaneous... Oh, I can't... I probably shouldn't say that because that's someone else's copyrighted podcast thing. Oh, what, what did they say? The simultaneous sip. Have you oh, ever... No, I haven't heard that. Who oh, is that? Scott Adams. Have Who's you ever that? heard... The Dilbert guy, the guy who did Dilbert. Oh, yeah. He okay. does his coffee thing and it's like the simultaneous sip and he's like... <laughs> and he slurps it. <laughs> I, I don't listen to nerd podcasts. I'm sorry, Krista. <laughs> Yeah. too cool for that okay. stuff. Um, so I know that you're a fan of ACDC, uh, one of the greatest rock bands. <laughs> of all, you know where I'm going with this, I think. Yes, okay, I so do. I know you're a fan of ACDC, because uh, you should, one of the greatest American rock bands of all time. They are still amazing. Uh, how much of a fan are you of, uh, of ACBC? A little bit less. A little, little bit less. Yeah, slightly What less. is ACBC? You know what? I don't even know what it stands for. Uh, American, oh, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. I had to think. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So um, I'd have to look it up to be totally sure. Okay, because I did I did look it up and then I forgot. I want to say American, but it's an association. Yeah, that's yeah, probably right. It is. Right. It's not American. It's okay. association. Association of... <laughs> Certified biblical counselors. Certified biblical counselors. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So do you know any... Do you, do you have any friends that are uh, biblical counselors? I do. Do yes, I do. I know people who are pursuing that, or who are that, or who really agree with that. Yes. And um, are you uh, are you opposed to biblical counseling? No, no. But there are different versions of everything, right? Yes. There are bad versions. You know, there are bad professional licensed professional counselors. Absolutely. There are bad versions of biblical counselors. That there's uh, weird accountants. There's yes. not good teachers. There's doctors you'd never recommend. So what? All of the above. So uh, we follow a guy. Uh, some of our listeners might follow him. His name is David Hughes. David Evan Hughes. Uh, he put up a tweet that uh, we both saw. We didn't talk about no. it until we got together here yeah. uh, to record. Um, and he put up a, a tweet that said, "I knew it was coming eventually." The ACBC crowd, not the band, the counselors. <laughs> B, not D. Yeah, uh, they wrote a piece discrediting neuroscience. And then he said, when your whole case for biblical counseling is discrediting fields of science and mental health care, eventually you will make yourself look like a clown emoji. Um, and I like David. David uh, David is a smart guy. He's a Christian mm-hmm. counselor. He's a trauma therapist. Uh, he likes the Grateful Dead. So that is a major strike against him. <laughs> Listen, David, the Grateful Dead are horrible. It's a horrible band with terrible music. Uh, and all the fans smell, uh, but he does play bass. And um, I think he's at Southeastern. I think he's at Southeastern. I, I can't remember what seminary he's at. But anyway, David, love you and appreciate you. You saw that as well. I did. So did you read the article yet? I did. I looked at it. Yeah, I did. I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. Um, what was, sense did you get from it? Well, they they liked neuroscience. It seemed like in the sense that it helps neurosurgeons not take too much out of your brain Tissue. if they're removing a tumor <laughs> okay. and things like that but it was purely like medical 
And it, I, the sense I was getting was that they didn't like it if we got into the behavioral mm. manifestations okay. of issues, yeah. you know, and... As if the way that the physical brain works doesn't impact emotions and exactly. actions and all that. Okay, Right. And it's really interesting because I remember as an undergrad, I had a professor who his thing was neuroscience. Okay. And it was one of my favorite classes. And I, I actually called my mom and said, this is where it's at with psych. Because it bridges the gap between the physical, what's going on physically, and what's going on emotionally. You know, because you talk about the biochemistry, right. the neurotransmitters, you know, or, you know, tumors, things like that. Yeah. It could be medically related. So to me, it was fascinating. And we, as an undergrad, we even did experiments um, injecting neurotransmitters into the brains this is so gross but into the brains of rats yeah and then we'd observe their behavior and it immediately like they just started doing it wow you know whatever it was and um so yeah it was really interesting and so yeah neuroscience is pretty cool so is this a, cool. how how do you how do you liken uh like things like neuroscience to like johnny mnemonic you know johnny mnemonic yeah. You know the movie? No. What? I didn't see it. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> How do you not? It's Keanu Reeves, man. It's a Keanu I didn't Reeves movie. See it. I'm I'm lame when it comes to movies, I got to be honest. 1995, Keanu Reeves. Mm, He's a data it. courier, carries a data in his head, like a little I didn't little see action. it. action. Dolph Lundgren's in it. Okay, now I have to watch it. Okay, don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> see, um, I know no, how to discern good from bad, Joe. You don't want to see that. So, <laughs> like, you guys know uh, Krista. If you if you don't know who Krista McDonough is, she is a licensed professional counselor. Am I getting that right? Yeah. LPC. LPC, yes. Licensed professional counselor. Yes. So you don't even know. I, 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 you know person. what? I do. I get confused because my next one. Is it Yeah, no, it's... It's LPC. Okay. No, because it's confusing because my next one is going to be LCPC, Licensed Clinical Professional Counselor. So maybe my brain is on the next one. Okay. And then if you get your act together, you'll be ACBC. Um, <laughs> maybe. So They uh, probably wouldn't have me. No, 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 no. I think they would tie you to a chair and dunk you in water to see if you float. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some of you guys know what that means. <laughs> all your church history buffs know. Um, oh, all right, no. so um, she is a licensed professional counselor, a member at Redeemer. She is uh, one of the conference organizer for Doctrine and Devotion, and uh, uh, she is a, a friend. Uh, so we're always we always love having uh, Krista on. Um, and I, but I, I wanted to talk today. I wanted us to to discuss this whole idea of counseling. Um, you know, pastors wind up doing a fair bit of counseling and and i think that's a good thing i think mm-hmm. there's a proper way to think about that and, and talk about that uh, but what i generally say to people is to help them understand is that i'm a disciple or not a counselor uh i know jimmy says the same thing um and that doesn't mean that we don't counsel people it doesn't mean that we don't listen and offer counsel and offer advice but what we're trying to say is that we are not professional counselors mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are going to go to the word. We are going to direct you to scripture, uh, to doctrine, to theology. We're going to pray with you. We're going to love you. We're going to serve you. But there are times, there are many situations where pastors are not equipped to deal with all or many of the uh, of the issues that people are struggling with. There are many issues that are going to require uh, uh, intensive, ongoing 
care for their souls, for their minds, you know, for their bodies or whatever. And when they need, when they need a, when they need, you know, hopefully when they need financial help, you direct them to somebody because mm-hmm. most pastors are not exactly financial gurus. Uh, if they're, you know, if they need help, um, you know, with, with their, with their bodies, you refer them to a doctor or to somebody that can help them in their particular things with their particular needs. But then there are mental health issues. And so, whereas I can spend a certain amount of time with people, um, for an extended period of time, long form, I, I can't really do that. There's too many people I'm trying to right. to minister to in very specific ways through the through the ministry of the word. Um, and then on top of that, there are situations that are beyond my capabilities. Mm-hmm. What do pastors and churches need to be thinking about when it comes to when is it time to refer somebody to a professional counselor? Whether you want to send them to ACBC or uh, or, yeah, or a, a Christian counselor or yeah. a, a licensed professional, whatever. But there comes when. How do you know when you need to refer somebody? That's a really good question. I don't know that there's a magical answer. Well, great, you know, or, it's going to be yeah. a boring podcast. Then. It is not you need a magical answer to make it exciting. Nope, nope. It's going to be good. No, I think. Well, first of all, if you feel like you're in over your head, that might be a good probably place to are over start. your head. You know, yeah. I mean, shoot, I feel like that sometimes, and I'm an LPC, so yeah, that would be a good indicator. But here's the thing: I think first of all, not that you need my permission. I'm, you know, I'm just me. But I think pastors, it's you don't need to be everything to everyone. It that needs. Paul to- said, "I become all things to all people." Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, see that? Okay. You just lost that debate. Whatever. <laughs> he wasn't talking about this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I would and I would think that would be freeing, you know, for pastors yeah. to hear that. Like you no one expects you to be that. To We're everyone. supposed to be specialists in the ministry of the word. Right. Not right. mental health. Right. I and can't that's be a okay. That. Yeah. That's okay. Here's why. I think maybe we could talk about that too, is why it's important. So imagine you have a couple that comes in. They're they're having trouble in their marriage. They come and they sit in your office, and the wife says something to the effect like he drinks too much, you know, um, he's not engaged with the kids, things like that. So the temptation I think is to focus on, you know, that most apparent thing that somebody's drinking too much and they're getting drunk and they're not engaged. So you're focusing on the sin, quote unquote, that's being manifested. Let's stop the drinking, right? Yeah. And you want to address that. That's great. That's that's ultimately the goal is to stop the drinking, but we need to know what's behind the drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason this person's drinking. Exactly. That much. Nobody really just sets out and says, "You know what? Today I think I'm going to become an alcoholic." Right. I or, "Oh shoot, I had one too many drinks and now I'm over the threshold and now I'm an alcoholic." It generally doesn't work like that. It's usually people are trying to cover up pain that they don't mm-hmm. know how to deal with. And so there can be a lot of reasons. So in that circumstance, there could be trauma or abuse in that person's background. They could have bipolar disorder. Right. And they don't know how to deal with the depression and the mania, and they self-medicate with alcohol. There's so many things that could be going on right. that, you know, and as, as a counselor who's actually trained, I'm not knowing what that is in my first session with people. Right, it right. takes a while to figure that stuff out. Of course, pastors aren't going to know. You know, so to kind of let yourselves, in a sense, off the hook of having to know all this stuff or be aware of all this stuff, I think is important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think if you feel like you're in over your head or you, or if you, and, and again, you may not know that in the in the first time you meet with somebody, um, but as you go through subsequent meetings and you're realizing like, okay, this is, 
I'm out of my depth, you know? Yeah, that's probably a good indication, you know? That's helpful. Yeah. Because I I know that, um, uh, I think that a lot of people, I'm saying, I'm telling you to get on your mic a little bit more. Sorry. There you go. Hello. I'm Um, not a professional like Joe is. I'm not a professional either. Yeah, you are. I I read the book, Brothers Were Not Professionals. So, um, (laughs) so you are. Yes. We're not professionals. And never mind, I was going to say something mean. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think there is. I think in most of us, there's a sense in which like I want to be able to help. I want to okay. There's the good sense I want to help, mm-hmm. and then there's the bad sense I want to have all the answers. I want to be the savior. Right. I want to be the the hero that heals. Right. Um, and that's that's wrong. Yeah, that's right? not good. But pastors fall into both of those. Any good pastor wants to help, and you don't want to be useless, and you believe that the gospel is the most important thing. And so when you find that somebody, and we've all, listen, man, we, as a pastor, I've been a pastor for, since 98, I've been a, a, a senior or solo pastor um, at a church. So it's like, I've, I've had a lot of opportunities to deal with people that are, that are going through issues that are significant, life altering, life and death, marriage destroying, uh, you know, soul crippling, <laughs> all these things. Mm-hmm. And I've been in situations where it's really apparent I can't solve this problem. This is going to take a, a community, right. right? But it's also going to take some specialists that can actually walk them through this. And I think that what a lot of guys struggle with is like, well, okay, then what's my role? What am I supposed to do? Like a lot of ministers are like, well, if I, I, I thought I was supposed to be able to counsel people. Like, well, you are, but you got to know what your specialty is. Mm-hmm. My specialty is helping people to see Jesus. My specialty is helping people to understand the word of God and apply it to their life. So that's my specialty. And there's a if this person that's in your church or or in your life is struggling with a serious problem, then you have a role. You mm-hmm. have a vital role to play. But then so do other the family has a role to play. Absolutely. A counselor has a role to play. And I've said it before, man, if if I have a and I've, I've dealt with people that have had you know, serious eating disorders uh, earlier in my life. And okay, so I can help them in, a, in one aspect of their life, right, in particular, mm-hmm. but they need help that I can't give them. Right. And they need somebody that's actually, you know, been to school, been educated, and, and has an understanding of this beyond my expertise. Well, they may need even medical help. Right. So that's, you know, that's beyond my scope. Right. Too, you know, so it's... The doctors. You like need a team of people, yeah. And then that's not, it's not bad. Like, that's actually good. Well, and what you said, you know, that you want to be helpful, sometimes the most helpful thing you can do is refer them out. Yeah. They'll, you know? Listen, if you can refer somebody to a counselor that will help them, they will love you for referring oh, them for to sure. the they will love you for that absolutely they might love their counselor more but still they will still love you they they will <laughs> and you know and the same is true like i always say this too from the counseling perspective so even though i'm a christian and i'm a counselor if someone was sitting in my office and you know we're talking about whatever their issues are but spiritual things come up i mean i can talk to that a bit you know we can explore some of those things but if i sense that somebody is really in a spiritual crisis or they're struggling with a particular doctrine let's say or something like that i am not going to necessarily try to tackle that because i want to stay in my lane and i would be referring back to you or back you know back to their church go talk to your pastor because that even though i have familiarity with it i'm not an expert in it i didn't go to school for that i'm not trained in that so i you know the flip side is true as well you know, so, I don't necessarily want to 
So how do you know? Like, so, okay. So like, in my, uh, I'm actually wondering about this. How do you know when you need to refer somebody? I asked that question before, but maybe we can put a little, maybe a couple of things out there for people. What are a few ways? Hey, you know what? You know, this is something that I, they need ongoing help with. And one of the, one of the simple ways, things that comes to my mind is if they're going to need continued ongoing support, uh, then that's going to be beyond me Absolutely. because I have, you know, I, I, my, my role is not as counselor and I can't be a full-time counselor to everybody in the church. Right. So, um, if it's going to require more than some people say three, some people say five, whatever it is, mm -hmm. if it's going to require a long-term visit, uh, you're, you're, you're likely going to need to refer them to somebody to whether that's a, a professional counselor, maybe it could just be a, another discipler in your church, depending on what the issue is. Sure. But, uh, but when to refer is, yeah, uh, that's one thing that comes to my mind is, is when it's going to take ongoing weekly you know, care that you're just not going to be able to meet. What right. else, what else comes to mind? You know, one thing to think about too, that, you know, would be our diagnostic criteria. So we talk about issues reaching a clinical level of significance is when you see people where it's affecting their ability to live their lives, mm. whether they can't, they're, they're finding it difficult to go to work. They're isolating. They're not enjoying activities that they once enjoyed. Um, Maybe they're not coming to church, mm -hmm. you know? And so some of those things are, are criteria that you're seeing. So if somebody's telling you like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling kind of down or I'm feeling anxious and you can tell like, and you, you can ask a few questions like how, you know, how have you been doing? Are you still, you know, are you engaged with your community group? Let's say if they're yeah. in a small group and they're not, or, and that, that could be how it, it kind of comes on your radar. Maybe mm -hmm. you're small group leaders are, are sharing some of this, like, hey, we're concerned about this person, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, if you're seeing a, re a real change kind of in how they're living or, or you know, now how they're not living. Because there's a difference, right? Like there's a difference between somebody like, oh, they had a really bad night and they came home and they slammed the door and they yelled the F word. And you ask it like, well, what's going on? And like, and it's never happened before. It doesn't happen again. It's like, mm -hmm. all right. Or somebody winds up, you know, they're at a party and they wind up drinking a little too much. And it's never happened before. You know, it's like, right. okay, there's not a chronic problem here. You just kind of talk about it. You work it out. But so this would this would mean that there's, there's something a bit more going on than Absolutely. just a one-off sort of experience. But how do you like, okay, so, you know, we wind up, I wind up talking to a lot of people. I know you do as well. And, you know, there's, a, there's transitioning somebody to see a counselor mm -hmm. it can be awkward. really awkward problematic <laughs> people people some people are just weird about it i think a lot of people are are most people resistant to it i don't know i think i would yeah. be i i think that's i would fair naturally to say. not i was like i i i would naturally not want to yeah i would naturally not want to you know, thankfully i know you and i know david summers mm -hmm. a christian counselor here at the church as well yep. i know counselors uh that i respect and, and feel like i could trust but i know myself to know Boy, I would be hesitant. It's hard. So how do you how do you do that? If 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 somebody does need to transition to see a counselor, how do you help them see that that this is is important? Because I listen, I can tell you, even in last year, um, I know of people that need to go to counseling, and they're like, "Nope, not going to happen. Not going to okay. do it." And you can't make them. Well, you know, I, I could. Well, I don't know. I feel like I could. All right, Jimmy well. And, couple of couple of big boys at church you could make them go but that doesn't mean they're going to participate i still win they're well because they're there but you dump mm -hmm. them in my office and yeah, then i have to fight problem. with them mm -hmm. 
don't <laughs> no, deal I'm with just it. kidding. Um, no, so you know, people there there is stages of change that people go through, and yeah, everybody moves through that at their own pace. But as a as a pastor, you have to have your own healthy boundaries, yeah. in a sense, because sometimes there are people that are like, "No, I just want to meet with you," and you're like, right. "I can't do it. I got to prepare my sermon. I don't, you know, there's just like what you're talking about. There's, there's not enough hours in the well, week, yeah. right?" And so. I think you can say to them like, hey, I've met with you now three times or how many ever times. Um, and I'm realizing I think what you're dealing with is beyond kind of my scope or my right. ability to help you. Um, and so I would like to get you in touch with someone that I think that could I help you. I can do you. that. That's easy. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good at communicating with people like what my limitations are. I don't struggle there. How do you persuade somebody oh, gotcha. to go? Because like they're they're like, I don't want to do it. I don't okay. want to go. Krista's the worst. I don't want to go see her. Whatever. They, they, <laughs> then you say, okay, we do, you don't have to go see Krista. Let's no, you, find someone you else. You think Krista's bad? You try ACBC. <laughs> Could be way worse, bro. <laughs> no, no, that's a that's actually a really good. So, um, how, what are some things like? What do you say to people? Because I, I know you have to probably just in church life over the years. I'm sure you've had the opportunity to tell people, hey, yeah, you probably need to go talk to somebody. Yeah, people. It's true. People can be resistant. Um, I guess it depends on what you know what's going on sure, and what level yeah. of things I can imagine where if it's bad enough there's it might rise to level of church discipline mm. you know so it, yeah, that's, was, that's kind right. of one I extreme think, I wasn't even thinking about that Yeah but it could come mm -hmm. to that depending on what it is Right um so you could go there but that's not going to be if someone's that, anxious. For the record, <laughs> I didn't think about it. But uh, yeah, counseling has been involved as a part of church discipline at Redeemer. Like when somebody comes right. in just for certain things, like hey, part of the part of the process here is you can go talk to somebody. Right. So that makes sense. And that yeah, and I think that's a good thing, depending again the situation. Mm -hmm. But if someone comes in and they're like, "I am so anxious," you know, you're not going to put them under church discipline right, necessarily right, right. for that. It doesn't fit. Um, I guess maybe what's helpful is to talk about some of the objections a lot of people raise and, okay. and what what you might say. So a lot of people might say, why would I want to go talk to a complete stranger right. about this stuff? That mm -hmm. seems so weird. And I'll, you know, I'll just call that out right away, even when I'm first meeting with people that have never been in counseling before. And I'll, I'll address that and just say, I know this probably seems weird. And I, I appreciate that you even came and congratulate you for taking that step because I know it's not easy to show up at my office. But the reason why seeing a stranger, I mean, that's why counseling works, to mm -hmm. be honest with you, because first of all, you've probably talked to other people about it already, your friends. They maybe have given you advice and either you haven't taken it or it's not good advice. Right. You know, and so you've already kind of talked to the people that you know and that hasn't helped, mm. you know? So you've probably tried that, struck out, but seeing someone who otherwise is not emotionally involved, isn't in any way invested in it, other than they care about people and it's their job and they're trained to do it, that's when you can really unload, you know? When people come in my office and they don't know me otherwise, they feel free to say just about anything because they know I'm not gonna say anything, I can't. I'm bound by confidentiality. Yeah. So it's unless they're potentially going to be a danger to themselves or someone else, mm. I'm not saying it to anybody. So they're free to just get it off their chest, wow. you know, and there's something so powerful about that. So I think reminding someone of that yeah. and even saying like, you know me, I'm your pastor. There's things that you won't even feel comfortable telling me most likely right. because you're, you know, we're afraid that we're going to get judged. 
And I get that. So go see someone that isn't going to judge you. Yeah. You know? No, I get that. There was a there was a story uh, I saw a while back about a guy who was hitchhiking. And uh, and he, he started sharing his experiences. And, and one of the most common experiences was he would get in the car and right before they dropped him off at his where he he needed to get dropped off they would confess to him things that they had never told anybody wow they would just come clean about horrible things or secret things and uh, and, he's, and he never betrayed anybody's confidence sure. but he just talked about like these are the kinds of things that people would tell me because they knew they would never see me again there was a sense of which like i'm a stranger so like there was a little bit more freedom in talking to them right i do think that there's something to that that like yeah if you go to a professional counselor that you don't know like you might and i think you will feel more free in talking to them than absolutely you know in you know steve or or Susie at your church that, uh, you know, that you see at every church picnic. Exactly. You know, it's, a little, it's a little hard to it's come different, clean with right. them. different, right. And even, you know, if I do see someone from church, I'll even say that, like, mm-hmm. let's make sure are you cool with this, right. you know, and... Um, and you've counseled people from our church. And I have, we have yeah. Other, we have other, we've had other counselors over the years, the Brenforders. Mm-hmm. They were I miss awesome. them. Man. Yeah. Church really took a nosedive when they left hi Kristen uh, Nick yeah they let them get out of here um but no like so I, I I know like our people are not afraid or some of our people are not afraid to see counselors who are mm-hmm. members of our church they're right and then others I'm sure are like heck no I would never do that right like, that's fine right you know I think another thing too is um some people are just like they think counseling is weird Mm-hmm. You know, they just think it's weird. And even Christians think it's like, wait, that's wacky. You're going to climb up in my head and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And are you going to hypnotize me or, you know, what kind of weird stuff are you going to do? And the answer is none of that. I listen. Yeah. You know, I don't do hocus pocus or what, I don't know how to do that stuff. Right. You know, I remember being in college and people would be like, what's your major? And I'd be like, psych, oh, are you, are you analyzing me right now? And I'd be like, no, but you just showed me that you're kind of a yeah. dork. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, no it was just, analyze that. It was like, is that some weird pickup line or something? You know, anyway. But yeah, no, that's that's not what it's about. And and that's another thing I guess I would say too for Christians is to kind of allow yourself to get over that fear. The same way you might have to get over the fear of going to a doctor because you're a little concerned about what you might find out is wrong. Like what is yeah. that pain I'm feeling in my right. side? Yeah, would you feel uneasy because you're a little bit nervous about what you might find out, but you're sick of hurting, you know? Yeah. You're tired of hurting. So you go and you you face that fear a little bit and you find out like, oh, it's indigestion or, so you're you know. Being, like, so in a sense, you're saying like, listen, here are the, you might need to point out, here are the possible consequences of not going. Right. And aren't you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Yeah. And you know? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, this doesn't get better on its own, right? right? It's right. like, these things can lead to other problems and right there are people that can't actually help you they like they have a track record there are people that like i love referring to people to counselors that i know and trust Absolutely. because like i look at i've i've seen them help people i've actually seen them help people and i i've told people that i've uh, i have told people in our church whom i have referred to counselors that, that i know like i would trust them i could talk to them like that's mm-hmm. that's how good i think they are like i would be comfortable talking to them right um so I think that that's that's helpful. Yeah, if you can help, so help them to see like that this is a normal need, and there are consequences for not dealing with it. Just like if you had a physical right. doctor, if your liver wasn't working right, absolutely, you go see a specialist. Absolutely. Um, 
So that's good, yeah. I think too that, you know, get kind of getting over the idea of like, well, shouldn't I just be able to pray more or read my Bible more mm. or something like that? I mean, there's sometimes people put that on people who are suffering yeah, wrongly, in my opinion. But yeah. then there might be people that think that, like, can't mm-hmm. I just do more or try harder yeah. to get out of this? And it's like, no. I mean, I always use, I, I have a nephew who's diabetic and I he was diagnosed at age five. He mm-hmm. did not do anything to make his pancreas stop producing right. insulin. Yeah. It's not a character defect. I would never look at him and go, you know what, if you just tried a little harder, I bet you could get your pancreas yeah. to make a little more insulin. No, it's it's a medical issue, right? There may be medical issues going on, mm-hmm. and I don't mean a tumor on the brain, but if if neurotransmitters, you know, chemical yeah. imbalances, right? We've talked about that before. Um, yeah, and and so yeah, go check that out. You know, here's the other thing that you could maybe share with with people who are reluctant is that just go once and see how it is. Yeah, you don't. That's good. There, there's no rule, I, and I tell people that it's it's informed consent that they can end treatment at any time. Yeah. I can't force them to come back. They're not obligated to see me. That's real. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So you can you can go and try it, and if you don't like that person, then let's try another person. Right. And I'll even be upfront about that. I know I'm not good. Like I'm not going to click with everybody. I've had clients say I'm going to look for someone else. Yeah. One, I can one person that. said, "You seem like you'd be really fun to hang out with and go get a drink with, but I don't know that I want to be." You know, <laughs> I was like, "Okay," you know, and it's like I wasn't well, offended. Okay, it's like for the fine. Record, for the record, I'm just going to say. Like you are fun to hang out with, but I would I would not have a problem talking to you as a counselor. Well, thank you. Um, I can I can I'm trying to think like who who would I I'd, I'd have to come up with a what kind of person you know that you know I couldn't I couldn't talk to somebody who doesn't give any any sort of like uh, nonverbal responses like I need I need somebody to kind of like nod or oh, something yeah. like they're with me. Oh my gosh, I'm like, a bobblehead. Yeah, I need I, I need something <laughs> a raised eyebrow, a little mm-hmm, or a little you know if they're Japanese, hi, something <laughs> something so that I know that they're tracking with me. Otherwise, right. I feel like I'm talking to the air. Yeah, no, that's true. That's thanks for saying that because I sometimes I think I do that too much. <laughs> so yeah, well, probably I need to tone it your, down. your party friend probably was like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know, know what that was about, but anyway, I well I do know what it was about, but I won't talk about it anyway. Um, yeah. So here's another thing I'll throw out though, that I think sometimes, and maybe pastors feel this way, is they're a little leery of referring to counselors because they don't know where they're at spiritually. Oh, sure. Um, or maybe they don't want to refer to somebody that doesn't like even talk about spirituality. Right. And I would say, I'm going to say something kind of controversial. Okay, say it. Do your thing. Don't necessarily be afraid of that. Yeah. I mean, do your homework, you know, We and that was one thing we can talk about, like how do you build a network of people? How do you mm-hmm. find people to refer? But one thing I would say is don't necessarily let that stop you from referring. And you brought up eating disorders and I'll give you an example. So when I was in treatment, I've dealt with an eating disorder personally. So I was at a Christian counseling center. That was where I was receiving treatment. It was like a day hospital program, but they wanted me to see a dietitian. So they referred me out to a dietitian that they worked with. I have no clue what her spiritual situation right. was. I have no idea. Didn't care because that wasn't why I was seeing her. You She's a dietitian. The, you didn't need the Ezekiel diet. No, <laughs> I, or the Daniel, uh, Daniel diet? anybody else. I don't, know, I don't know. No, I needed I needed somebody who was familiar with eating disorders and and who would call me out on my own garbage yeah. that I was trying to do. And she has. I've actually referred to her since. She went on to become a therapist. Oh, wow. So now she's like the double whammy. She's so awesome. Mm. I still don't know where she's at spiritually. And you know what? I don't care. I wouldn't hesitate 
to refer people to her because of the, of her specialty and the type of work she does. And when I think back to myself at that point, I didn't need her spiritual knowledge. I had other people yeah, you for had, that. You had that covered. Yeah. I had that covered. So th- that's one way to think of it too, is like we're creating a team of people mm-hmm. that can help this person. You as a pastor are one of them. You've got the spiritual basis covered. Now that doesn't mean you just willy-nilly send somebody to sure. anyone because yeah, there can be whack job people out there that are doing crazy stuff. So you do need to yeah, be both, smart and do your homework. Both in the Christian world and in the secular world. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it goes, it goes both ways. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I think sometimes people are like, oh, they're secular, that's bad. Not necessarily. Yeah. Do you make sure every medical doctor you see is a born-again Christian? I do. I would argue no that's people don't. That's why I don't, don't. see any. That's why you don't see any. <laughs> no, I remember, you know, my husband had to have open heart surgery a number of years ago. He had a, needed a valve repaired. I never even thought to wonder about that guy's faith I, because I wanted the yeah. expert in the heart valve arena. You I know? actually it's, agree with you, but I but I know how people think. They're like, yeah, but we're not talking about a physical heart. We're talking about correct. the soul and the mind. And, and they have... You know, they've heard like bad examples of psychology that excuses sin and evil or you know right. from the Christian worldview and so they get a little tripped up in that and I is, agree which is why you're saying concern. like this is why you've, you you've got to know who you are referring to right and maybe we have to have you back on so we can talk about like building a network of people uh, to refer to because I think that could be a, a helpful conversation as well. Um, well, and here's the other thing too that I'll say really quick. Yeah. We're we're fortunate where we live in, in this area. Mm. We're right next door to Wheaton College. There are a ton of Christian counseling practices in this area. And so we would All never kinds. have a problem yeah. referring people out. Um, there's parts of the country especially if you're in kind of rural areas, Mm -hmm. there may be one person. Sure. So you don't have that luxury. So if you've got somebody in your office that is dealing, let's say, with an eating disorder or bipolar disorder potentially or something like that, I I guess you could, hey, if you're willing to drive 45 minutes, there's this Christian counselor, but they may not be willing or able to do that. Most people aren't going to want to drive 45 minutes. And so you may have to kind of work with what you have. Sure. But that's where I would suggest then keep track of that person meet Mm -hmm. with them regularly not necessarily weekly but often enough that you can be like hey where are you at spiritually how is this going and and you can follow up with them then and and you don't have to feel like you're throwing them to the wolves potentially my understanding is um that good professional counselors who are non-christian who are atheistic respect the beliefs of other people and don't actually interfere in those things they're supposed to yeah so i'm sure there are there are but if they're actually professional I mean, yep. like, I don't mean they have the degree. I mean, they are truly a professional in that right. sense. Like, that means they they hold to the values and they yeah. they know how to, you know, they know what their role is. Ethically speaking, yes. They're they, supposed to. They do. And I mean, I so I have clients that are faithful people in my office, but not Christians. And I have to respect their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'll even say, like, well, in your faith tradition, you know, what do you believe about this? You right. know, and things like that. And we'll talk about it. And because ethically that's what i have to do i i you know so yeah absolutely somebody if a counselor is hostile to your faith get out yeah i i have no problem saying that but but generally speaking you know you could bring them up on an ethical violation if if they were hostile to your faith i mean that's just the bottom line you could you you know you could report them go get them so have you okay i also we're gonna have you back on and and you got to tell us 
all the great stories of the craziest clients you've ever had. And, uh, and, and you, that, that won't be a violation, right? You, you want me to lose my job? <laughs> no, that would be is a violation. Oh, okay. Is that what you I want? I can't do that. How are you going to refer right. to me if you right. like, get fine. me fired? You don't have to mention who it was, Steve McCoy. <laughs> I've uh, never seen Steve McCoy uh, in my uh, office, wait, why ever. Why winking? I didn't she wink. Just, she just winked right now. You did it I again. I did not she, wink. I've never seen Steve McCoy. She's like, wink. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't counsel him. I don't. Okay. All right. Why are you winking then? I'm not winking. This is what Jimmy does to me. Jimmy does this to me all the time. I can find it to somebody else. Well, listen, um, Krista, thanks for being on. And we really thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Um, and, you know, Jimmy, better get hurry back. That's all I'm saying. Come home, Jimmy. Yeah, we miss you, man. And, uh, hey, guys, if you uh, if you want to jump in on all of this, let us know what you think. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Doc and Devo. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Doctrine and Devotion. And, of course, you can visit our website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. And if you like what we do here, you can get more and support the podcast and all that we're doing by subscribing to Doctrine and Devotion All Access. You know where you find that? DoctrineandDevotion.com slash All Access. Go there. Read about all the stuff that you get. You get five devotions every week via a special podcast, RSS, and you get another podcast called Banter of Truth. All commercial free and only for our All Access members. We'd love to hear what you have to think. So jump in on this conversation. Let us know. And uh, and you know David Hughes. We're expecting you to jump in on this one. So let us know what you think too. Later. Mm-hmm.